0: your back. It's long, long, long. It's long, long. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's long, long. It's better than that, good. Everyone wants a log. You're gonna love it long. Come on and get your long Everyone needs a log. Log from
1: Blamo. I
0: drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around. These days, there seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. We're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. If you drink Dr. Pepper, you're a pepper too. Us peppers are an interesting breed. An original taste is what we need. Ask any pepper and a say. Only Dr. Pepper tastes that way. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper
2: too? To be a pepper too, be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. Come on! Be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. Right. be a pepper.
3: Another public service announcement from Brill Cream.
4: Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs>
3: Don't
0: argue with the ball. Roger. We'll go. It's as good as done.
4: The complete solution
5: for your home PC.
6: Fire! We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn, burn, motherfucker,
4: Shh! Yeah. ha <laughs> <Hey, hey, hey.
0: laughs>
4: hello, my name. Jimmy Pop hello my I'm name is Jimmy pop I'm a dumb white guy, guy. I'm, not I'm not old I'm not new I'm middle school, school fifth grade like, like junior. junior high kind of like a hot solo,
1: solo. Of y'all peeps be pugging giving props to my hope cause she fly but I can not take the heat because I'm the other white meat known as kid folks sad
4: man yeah, I'm hung like planet Pluto
6: hard to see with a naked eye but you
7: know about I that planet
6: artist sleep with the sun naked eye shine cause like Solo, always my whole go, 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 go.
4: All right, good evening and welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside of fire. Fire. the, roof, the roof, Thursday, April the 17th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Marijuana sticks provided by Bob the Engineer. How do it, go. Burn, motherfucker. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. The Wolfman Jack Show coming to you from Mexico. You're too uh, young to remember Wolfman Jack, aren't you? Uh, no, but I am young enough
7: to remember Wolfman Jack on, um, on Sesame Street. No shit.
4: Are you serious?
7: Swear to fucking God. You saw the Wolfman Jack on Sesame Street? Swear to fucking God. Oh, that's
4: too amazing. Like
7: I actually had it on video. Did he talk
4: fight. normal or did he talk like this, baby? I think he talked like that. Really?
7: And he the- oh,
4: yeah, man.
7: Well, that's why I do the howling, because... Yeah, of-
4: I, I, I get that, asshole. Well, that's <laughs> stupid. Did you really? Did you get that all this time? Yeah. That's how he used to start his show. He was one of the great uh, pirate uh, DJs. Started a border radio in Mexico and, uh, you know, El Paso back in the day, without a license, you know, and got this great little cult following and then became this fucking national hero. And uh, after he was uh, had like a little guest spot in uh, that movie uh, with Ron Howard, what was that American Graffiti?
7: Oh no shit, that was really?
4: uh that was like uh what's his name's first movie George lucas's first movie he ever directed long before star wars yeah. and um uh and he became you know like world famous after that and let me tell you man, my former future ex mrs jester um was previously married to the keyboard player from Strawberry Alarm Clock. You know that Incense Peppermints? Uh, No. You don't know the song, Incense and Peppermints, Strawberry Alarm Clock? No. Well, (laughs) everybody else in the world does. They know who I'm I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah. So anyway, he was the uh, keyboard player, so she knew him. And we were in an airport one time when uh, my oldest was, I don't know, probably about 11 or 12. And she walked over to him and and you know asked if he remembered her. I'm sure he was just being polite, but we all got fucking to hang out with uh, Wolfman Jack for like 15 minutes at the airport. Wow,
7: that's sick.
4: Yeah, it was very very cool. So, I th- I told him I was doing I was keeping the uh, keeping the pirate radio thing going for him. Anyway, yeah, you're listening to the Roofings of Acclaim this Thursday, April the 17th, the Year of Our Lord, 2008. Such a playlist we have for you this evening. Yes, we do. Including the likes of uh, Steam and Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, Billy Stewart, the Marcells, oh, the Marmalade, so much more. Um, and uh, the Just Radio chat room is now officially open, hanging in there right now with uh, little Lulu. Uh, Simply stop by www.justradio.com and um, click on chat or chat room or I forget what it's. And that'll follow the easy to follow instructions and where you'll be magically transported to a location far away where it's always safe and fun and all the people are kind and cool.
7: That one tastes better than the Marijuana last one. Marijuana
4: cigarettes, courtesy of Bob the Engineer this evening. That one tastes a lot better than the last this one. This one is perfect as usual. The last one was a little tight.
7: Uh, actually, that one that one got a little tight in the middle. It got a little tear. I had to do a quick pitchy patch.
4: I, t- I got to tell you, you never know. Talk, oh, talk into see, the microphone, Simpy. You see,
7: because uh, I, I do it different. I just take the, uh, the part of the paper that's got the, the gum on it. Right. I just use that little part, and it's so you can't even see it. You know dude, you're saying? giving
4: us a lesson on on how to roll marijuana cigarettes. You're nine. Who the fuck do you think you're I'm talking not, to I'm not over fucking here? Fucking nine. Let you me tell dead. you something, man. I, I, I the of mar- I, have sw- I have wiped more marijuana off my pants than you have ever seen with your own two eyes. You understand what I'm trying to say to you? All
7: right, that's fine. Shit for brains. I really don't care.
4: So yes, we I do know the smoking pa- my marijuana. I do know the patching techniques, but thanks for keeping us up to date on that.
7: Lots of people just like to use a regular just like one of the p- regular pieces of paper, but I think the gum works the best. Listen,
4: I will acknowledge that Acknowledge. I, now. I will acknowledge fully that just simply in the fact that you insist on continuing to roll perfect <laughs> marijuana cigarettes despite the wide availability of these crappy, disgusting Tobacco shells that all the kids use nowadays. Fuck that shit, man. If I had a choice, and I'd smoke a the blunt. And the and the uh, and the marijuana pipes. You insist on doing it the old-fashioned way, and that's you know one of the things I respect about you.
7: I mean, I like. don't get me wrong, I do like to smoke a good blunt every now and then, but it's more a special occasion
4: thing than it is anything there else. There is nothing more ideal than the perfectly rolled marijuana cigarette, which is really... It really isn't. And that's what it I really that's what I grew up. All it the older the, guys
7: I knew would be smoking it, joints and shit, and that's what I learned how to smoke.
4: It's all about the joints. I, I honestly don't think there's any argument with that. I really have to say, especially if you want to catch a good, you know, good, good buzz not good for the car of course the pipe is much better for the car actually i prefer
7: the the joint for the car because if this is all you got with you and the cop pulls you over and you he eat smells it. marijuana you just eat the
4: fucking yeah. thing well that's true that's it's happened before oh, and i'm yeah. sure it's oh, gonna fucking I've, happen again i've
7: done it many a time many a time i actually saw somebody eat an entire almost an entire
4: blunt well, there's that they were that great, fucking scared, there's dude. that fucking great scene where uh, Cheech and Chong and up in smoke where Cheech and You keep Dr- on knocking, but you can't come in. He, he's smoking the roach down to like this tiny little dot, and suddenly he <laughs> fucking sucks it down his throat. Oh, my God. You remember that scene? That was fucking yeah. brilliant. How many times acid, does that man? happen? I ain't never
7: dripped on no acid before, man. Oh, I'm going to wig out, man.
4: Yeah, that's a good imitation of uh, Tommy Chong. It's not bad. Time now to turn our attention to the headlines. I was kidding. That's Cheech Marin, but...
7: I fucking don't. I can't tell the fucking difference. I'm so wasted when I watch Tommy those movies is anyways, the, anyways, is the dude. tall
4: Chinese guy, and Cheech is the short Spanish guy. From high atop Jester Radio Studios in a secret location outside your blibbity blab, the uh, Pope Benedict Sixteenth prayed... With the uh, tearful victims of clergy sex abuse in a chapel today. An extraordinary <laughs> gesture. <laughs> What's so funny? He it's prayed. a crock of they shit. They were victims, man. It's a
7: fucking crock of shit, Four dude. Well, kids were
4: boned up the ass, man. I don't appreciate you taking it So that. let's go
7: run back to the very fucking people that just let it happen.
4: An extraordinary gesture from a pontiff who was made how atoning do. for the great shame of the U.S. church, the cornerstone of his first papal trip to America. I love the way the press is just going completely along with this whole crap about how he's making uh, you know uh, this uh, sex abuse thing number 1 priority on this trip this is this this uh, scandal broke 7 fucking years ago what the hell is he, if the president if it took the president 7 years to get to like the site of a flood could you imagine
7: yeah i know right Not not mention manchi- not to mention when he was fucking my this age is he a, was he was screaming
4: removing the this, <laughs> this is this is an emergency man Hundreds, thousands, maybe, of poor Catholic kids are getting boned up the fucking ass willy-nilly. Not possibly. It's happening. Benedict's third day in the U.S. began with a packed open-air mass celebrated in ten languages at a baseball stadium. That does sounds a little unpious. And it included a speech to Roman Catholic college and university presidents. But the real drama happened privately in the chapel... Of the um, papal embassy between events, the Reverend Federico Lombardi, a papal spokesman, said that Benedict and Boston Cardinal Sean O'Malley met with a group of five or six clergy sex abuse victims for about twenty-five minutes. Ah, he, you know, he's like a king on earth. The Pope, the Catholics actually believe that he's in a constant state of piety, so that he's actually um, above normal humans. He's not like a regular human. He's um, more holy than a regular human. Right. So the Catholics actually believe that he is like the cl- closest thing to God on earth. And they got to spend 25 minutes, believe me, you know what the fucking, you know what they're thinking when they walk out of this? Tell me where to suck another priest's dick that I get to spend another twenty-five minutes with the priest. Yeah, or well, they'll just—they're just fucking lining or, up. but with they with even more horrible. They get fucking boned up the ass. Or even more horrible. Right? Exactly. Tell me whose priest I got to have my kids suck his dick so that I can get to spend twenty-five more minutes with the pope. They prayed together. Also, each of them had their own individual time with the holy father. Some were in tears. Well over 4,000 priests have been accused of molesting minors in the U.S. since 1950, and you can imagine that that accounts for maybe 1%. So we're probably talking about 400,000 priests by my guesstimation. The church has paid out more than $2 billion, much of it in just the last six years, after the case of a serial molester in Boston gained national attention and inspired many victims to step forward. Six dioceses. Have been forced into bankruptcy because of the abuse costs. So now, after seven years, he's finally getting around to apologizing. You know, you would have think he would have rushed over, and not this guy. I know it was another guy at the time, but they're they're all interchangeable. You know, yeah. he, he's the president of the Catholics. You know, right now, and you would have think he would have ran over here in, in an emergency.
7: Quite frankly, I think it's uh, I think it sucks that it happened to kids. And all that shit. But something needs to happen and fucking sooner or later we got to just come to the conclusion that religion is just a phony baloney crock of shit. (laughs) Sooner or later somebody's going to have to fucking just, these people are going to have to realize. The the incredible thing is they don't don't think that
4: at all. They actually still fucking believe this. I
7: know and what I don't understand is they're running back to the very same people that just fucking let it go on. How fucking powerful
4: are those people that they can hoodwink people into doing that? That's what freaks me out, man, is how fucking amazingly powerful.
7: No, what fucking freaks these, me out is these how These guys are wiping s- their
4: asses with $100 bills. No,
7: but what's, what, what drives me apeshit is that fucking these people are...
4: Spit it out, son. Go ahead. We're, 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 we're listening. You,
7: lost? Oh, you made me lose
4: my train of thought. I know. It's upsetting. Oh, thank you. It's upsetting. I'm very upset. I'm all for Clem. Well, don't worry. There's another train in 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll catch it. A court hearing to decide the fate of 416 children swept up a raid on a West Texas polygamous sect descended into farce today with hundreds of lawyers in two-packed buildings shouting objections and the judge struggling to maintain order. It was like a scene out of uh, the, the Marx Brothers. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
4: Your Honor. The the judge goes, what time is it? It's 5 to 10. That's how much you get. The case, clearly one of the biggest, most convoluted child custody hearings in U.S. history, history presented an extraordinary spectacle. Big city lawyers in suits and mothers in 19th century pioneer style dresses all packed into a courtroom <laughs> in a nearby oh, auditorium oh. connected by video. By the way, I saw these women on the Larry King show yesterday. A bunch uh-huh. of these women, they were sobbing that the um police came and lied and they took away their babies and my 7 year old baby she needs her mommy Did you ever see the movie the stepford wives No I swear to Christ these women were like zombies man it was freaky I heard of the movie And then and then Larry King was like saying shit like How young were you when you got married uh, I was 21 and then the next one, how old, how old were you? I was 21. And the next one, how old were you? I was 21. I mean 22. <laughs> it was fucking hysterical. And then he goes, uh, well, have you ever heard of an underage child, maybe a teenager, being married to an older man? And then the first one goes, not that I have ever seen. And he goes, well, the Mrs. Gazenton, and she goes, not that I have ever seen. I mean, these people live in one fucking closet, one room. They're
7: just they fucking know retarded.
4: when retarded. no, they're not retarded. They're lying. No, but
7: they're, they're retarded for thinking that we're going to fucking believe this phony, baloney so. crock of I shit. Guess so. I mean,
4: come on. I guess so, but they they're really are like in the
7: headlights with this shit. Like let me all, tell you, man. Fuck, they
4: really, on. these people were on TV, and it looked like they'd never even seen a TV, much less been on TV. They were really. Um, like from a different fucking planet, man, and uh, and this woman was was like sobbing. That, oh, my daughter, one seven year old child. <laughs> Meanwhile, not a single fucking drop of water came out of her face. It was like the creepiest, freakiest thing you ever saw. The case, clearly one of the biggest, most convoluted child custody hearings in U.S. history, at issue was an attempt by the state of Texas to strip the parents of custody and placed the kids in foster homes because of evidence they were being physically and sexually abused by the, and this is the name of the church, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> a renegade Mormon splinter group suspected of forcing underage, underage girls into marriage with much older men. And of course they say suspected, but it's a fact. I mean, the, 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 there's been enough people that have broken away from this group that have told the same story. As many feared, the proceedings turned into something of a circus and a painfully slow one. By late afternoon, only two witnesses had testified. Both only laid the foundation for documents to be admitted. One witness was a state trooper who was cross-examined by dozens of attorneys, each of them asking the same question on behalf of their particular kid that they were (laughs) defending. As the afternoon dragged on, no decisions had been made on the fate of any of the youngsters. Uh, But meanwhile, additional details on life at the ranch begin to emerge. Uh, According to child welfare investigator Angie Voss, said that uh, one of the men fell out of favor with the FLDS. His wives and children would be reassigned to another guy. All right? You know, Joe, you take this wife and these three kids. Fred, you take this wife. And they pass out the wives and kids to the free men. The children would then identify the new man as their father. So all the kids wake up and they start calling somebody else, Dad. Voss uh, said that contributed to the problem of identifying the children's family links. Are you okay there, son? I'm fine. Right. Uh, Texas District jo- uh, Judge Barbara Walther struggled to keep order as she faced 100 lawyers in her 80-year-old Tom Green County courtroom, several hundred more participating over a grainy video from an ornate City Hall auditorium two blocks away. So this is... Quite a scene going on, and uh, and you know I don't I really don't know why the we, you know the press keeps acting like, uh, well, you know all this shit is suspected when it's been known for a fact the same fucking people have been raided like six times in the past you know 150 years they keep getting raided they keep getting you know thrown in jail and then they keep reforming and they keep doing the same shit all over again. As soon as they see one hair on the vagina, the mother turns them in like a narc to the church who then dredges up some fucking creepy old ogre that they quickly marry the poor kid off to and not being able to wait till they get down the hall, down the block practically where, to, to where, their, where, where their bedroom is, they actually bring them up to the attic of the church where they have a filthy mattress standing by and a bottle of Ripple and uh, rape the kid right then and there. That's the uh, modus operandi of this church. And let me tell you something. If you are going to create a new society with a bunch of wacky rules, then raping the children, of course, would be the first thing you naturally do. Roughly uh, one in every five U.S. troops who have survived the bombs and the other dangers of Iraq and Afghanistan now suffer from major depression or post-traumatic stress. Duh. How the fuck can you ever be see a bomb go off in front of you and people's body parts flying and you ever not be fucking uh, tri- post-traumatic for the rest of your life? Do they, does anybody actually think that somebody goes through that experience and comes out normal?
7: Mm, only the fucking people that are stupid.
4: It's estimated that the toll is 300,000 or more. We got 300,000 fucking lunatic uh, ex-Marines walking around out there.
7: Great. Fucking great. great! Thank you, George Bush. Yeah, you fucking. As shit. many
4: or more report possible brain injuries from explosions or other head wounds, said the study, the first major survey from outside the government. Only about half of those with mental health problems have sought treatment. So you figure what percentage of people who seek treatment get any kind of help? Like one percent, five percent? So only half of them. Even seek it. Even fewer of them with head injuries have even seen a doctor. Army Surgeon General Eric Shoemaker said the report from the RAND Corp was welcome. They're helping to us to raise the visibility and the attention that's needed by the American public at large, said Shoemaker, Lieutenant General. They're making this a national debate. Well, I got to agree with that. They are helping. The researchers said 18.5% of current and former service members. Contacted in a recent survey reported symptoms of depression or post-traumatic stress. Based on Pentagon data, that more than 1.6 million kids have been deployed over these two wars. 1.6 million of our kids. That's like eight times as many that went over to World War II. Yeah. The researchers, researchers calculated that about 300,000 are now suffering with health problems mental health problems specifically, 19% or an estimated 320,000 may have suffered head injuries and uh, from mild concussions to severe penetrating head wounds. And let me tell you, man, head injuries, that's a lifetime sentence.
7: Yeah, you're fucked with that.
4: You forget shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You say the same thing all over again twice in a row. Plus, you forget shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You say the same thing all over in a row. <laughs> It takes you a while to get jokes. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this uh, Thursday, April the 17th, asking the eternal question, who put the bomb in the bomb a bomb? Because I want to shake his hand. Who wrote the
3: song. Don't touch that dial. That made my baby fall in love with me. Who put the bomb in the bomb, the bomb, the bomb? Who put the ram in the ram a lam a ding dong? Who put the bop in the bop, shabop, bop Who put the dip in the dip, did dip did it? Who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand. He made my baby fall in love with me. Yeah. When my baby heard. Every word went right into her heart And when she heard them singing Lama 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 ding dong She said we'd never have to part Chibop. Who put the dip in the dip di dip Did it, dip it? Who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand He made my baby fall in love with me Each time that we're alone boogity 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 boogity, boogity, boogity shoot Sets my baby's heart all aglow says she loves me so So who put the pop in the pop ball, pop ball, ball, Who put the rhyme in the ram a lam ding dong Who put the bop in the pop shoe bop shoe bop Who put the dip in the dip-de-dip Ba-bomb, 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 bomb and my honey, ramalama, ding dong forever, and when I say dip-di-dip, di-dip, di-dip, dip, you know I mean it from the bottom of my boogity-boogity-boogity shoe.
4: Man on Jester Radio. Who put the bump in the bomp-a-bomp-a-bomp? A bump, a bump? Who put the ram and the ram a ding dong Who put the bop in the bop-shabop-shabop? Who put the dip and the, the dip the dip the dip Who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand. He made my baby fall in love with me. Because uh, every time she heard like bomp a bom a bomp a bomp bomp you know, from Blue Moon, mm-hmm. she would just fucking slide off the chair. Made my job that much easier. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton stood between her 88-year-old mother and her 28-year-old daughter today to personalize issues for the sandwich generation facing the demands of parents and children. In renewing a push for the female voters who have drifted away from her campaign in recent weeks, the New York senator said of the three generations of women in her family give her firsthand experience of all the challenges and changes that we face in our lives because different stages of life do present Different questions. You know, it's shit like this. It's like this staging and posturing and act, play acting that the politicians do. Get on stage, drag their fucking poor 88-year-old mother yeah, on I stage. I know,
7: right? They don't want to have nothing to fucking Let do with Let me it. tell you, They're man, just,
4: it's mm-hmm. crap like that that just fucking makes me so sick with the whole system that it's got nothing to do with their p- policies and positions. It's just to do with their appearance. Jackson Brown said they sell us, the president, the same way they sell us our clothes and our cars. Which is true, they sell us through emotion, not through our intellect. They don't try to argue their way into office like they should. They try and fuck with the, uh, their way into office by manipulating us emotionally. Clinton pointed out that her mother, Dorothy Rodham, lives with her and always has a lot of great ideas and what we need to be doing, a point that drew chuckles from the audience of women from all ages. But my, 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 my mama always says... <laughs> I think she was saying, you know, mama always comes up with good suggestions and everybody in the audience cracked up like, "Oh geez, you got one of those mothers that's constantly
7: Ma- telling you Ma- what Ma- to mama do." My mom always said, "Which end the ball and I back."
4: Oh, you're doing your forest. That's pretty good actually. Dorothy yeah. Rodham didn't speak during the event at Harvard College, uh, rather Haverford College but her granddaughter introduced the candidate. They wouldn't let her talk.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to drag her ass out on stage. <laughs> they let her you're just say, stand the there. Fuck up.
4: Chelsea Clinton revealed that she's someone who's thinking about having my own family in the not-too-distant future, Uh-oh. something that will make my mother and grandmother infinitely happy. She didn't mention that she's dating Mark Mzwinski, um, uh, whose mother, Marjorie Margulies Mzwinski, was a congresswoman from Pennsylvania. Chelsea Clinton Uh-oh. also said she wants the kids that I hope to have to have quality public schools, attend college, and live in a safe and secure environment. My children don't only need to have a good grandmother, but need a strong leader, she said. With five days left before the Pennsylvania's highly anticipated primary, Clinton's campaign tried to keep the event intimate by staging it in a smaller venue. The audience received her warmly with frequent chuckles and applause, and she encouraged people to recruit their neighbor's support for her bid. Just knock on the door and say, you know, she's really nice, Hillary said to laughter. Or you can say it another way. She's not as bad as you think. (laughs) At least she's got a sense of humor about it. Yeah, you know, I, know right? I heard Dick Cheney today crack a couple of jokes about him, so that was pretty funny. Although he was di- taking a dig at Hillary. He said, you know, um, Hillary made a miscomment about that when she was landing in fucking Bosnia, or wherever it was. She said she, you know, landed under fire, you know, and then they uncovered this video of her landing, you know, like <laughs> with all the, like the president coming out to the tarmac and the flowers, and there was no sniper fire. The whole thing was like a fantasy. So, so um, Cheney goes, maybe she was remembering the last time I took her hunting. <laughs> A recent AP uh, Ipsis poll shows women who are no longer so overwhelmingly convinced that Clinton would make the best president. Clinton owes many of her victories so far to the race to support from women, but uh, that backing has receded in recent weeks to about even with uh, Barack Clinton had 44% of Democratic women to Obama's 42 uh, back on April 7-9. In February, Clinton had 51 to his 38 of the women. So she's losing the women to Barack. Standing in front of the fireplace, Clinton talked about how women's workplace experiences have changed over the years. She confessed to being addicted to advice columns and talked about Uh, One that said a woman shouldn't put pictures of her family in her office because it'll appear that she can't keep her mind on her work. She decried columns that used to suggest women wear navy blue skirt suits with white blouses and ribbons (laughs) tied in a bow at your neck. Don't even look. It's so embarrassing to think we ever wore anything like that, she said to laughter. I think that we have seen an evolution in a lot of the obvious ways, but we're still not making work and family balance as easy as it should be. She said women have a hard time finding quality care and affording time off to care for aging parents who being paid 77 cents for every dollar that men earn. Uh, she noted that April 22nd, the day of the Pennsylvania primary, is Equal Pay Day, the day in a year that marks the point at which a woman's average wages catch up to that earned by a man of the previous year. How's that for a convenient w- dink? Oh, yeah. So she's trying to get the women over on her side. Uh, no shit,
7: just like o- Obama Bin Laden's trying to get the niggers on his side. I
4: don't know why she's having problems with the women. Honestly, I you know, I don't know what's going on. President Bush, let me tell you, man, I've learned one thing over the years. People fucking hate the Clintons. I don't know what it is, man. They just hate them. I think of the Clinton era, apart from being hated, but I think of it as the time of the best time in the country's history in my adult life. The best time economically, the only time in my lifetime that the country had a budget surplus. We had more money in the bank than we needed. Uh, they, uh, uh, Clinton actually not only got rid of the deficit, but actually put us in the black. Uh, I remember it as a time when you could walk into Washington Square Park and walk up to a fucking person and buy a joint or buy a bag of herb and you could fucking s- smell it and look at it before you bought it so you didn't get home and ha- wait to see that it was a bag of uh, oregano. Not anymore. President Bush and Br- British Prime Minister Gordon Brown tried to dispel doubts about their relationship today showcasing personal uh, bon ami as well as common ground on vexing issues such as the Iraq war a showdown with Iran, global trade, and the crisis in Sudan and Zimbabwe. Brown, particularly, appeared to make an effort to move beyond the leader's frosty first meeting in July. The prime minister, then only a month in office as successor to top Bush ally Tony Blair, was given a coveted invitation to the presidential retreat at Camp David, but he displayed stiff formality that raised questions about whether he would work as closely as Blair did or much at all with Bush. Uh, That didn't seem in doubt in the Rose Garden after today's nearly 90 minute Oval Office meeting. On Iran, Brown offered staunch support for his host's tough stance on the need to rein in Tehran's nuclear program. Brown said, I make no apology for seeking to persuade European leaders to extend European sanctions against Iran to include investments and liquefied national gas. Iran is a breach, uh, or rather is in breach of a nonproliferation treaty, he said. Iran has not told the truth to the international community what its plans are. So he went in stiff like a boner, but he came out completely fucking Bush's bitch. So he was just spewing the company line when he walked out. So God knows what they said to him. Once he got into that secret meeting in the Oval Office, they showed his pictures of his mother sucking Winston Churchill's cock or something, and he fucking fell into line. That boy. Yeah, he I know, right? Out, they fucked with him hardcore. He came out singing, look for the Union Lane. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friend. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Thursday, April the 17th. It's Jibber Jabber Night. Rama Lama 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 Ding Dong. a lama 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 ding-dong. a lam
6: lama 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 ding. Ram-a-lam-a-lam-a-lam-a-lam-a-ding.
8: I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Hello, hello again, shaboom, and hoping we'll meet again Oh, life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart now every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Baby, we'd be so far. Oh, life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise of above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Shaboom Shaboom y a la 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 Ya la 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 y a la 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 chubum chebum y a la 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 y a la every time I look at you something is on my mind if you do what I want you to baby we'd be so far life could be a dream if I could take you up in paradise up above if you be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again, shaboom, and hoping we'll meet again, boom, shaboom. Shaboom. Ba-do. shaboom. Life could be a dream, life could be a dream, sweetheart. Life could be a dream if only all my precious plans would come true. If you would let me spend my whole life loving you, life could be a dream, sweetheart.
4: Shaboom, shaboom. Do you, shaboom, shaboom. Do you shaboom, shaboom. Sweetheart Yeah Crew cuts on Radio, Life could be a dream Shaboom and the etzels before that Rama Lama 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 Ding dong I've got a girl named Rama Lama Lama Ding dong Right
7: She's always fine girls. to me
4: Lama Lama ding dong. I'll never set her free, cause she's mine, all mine. It's jibber jabber night on Jest Radio, featuring the vocal. Uh, uh, the I guess you might call um, is cali- not calisthenics. What's it called when those little kids jump around in leotards?
7: Ballet or whatever. No, not ballet. The, the Yeah, it's, yeah,
4: yeah. But the aerobatics, acrobatics. That's what I'm thinking of. Acrobatics. It's vocal acrobatics. It's using the human voice, not for singing meaningful words, but for contributing to this, just another instrument in the band.
7: I've, I've heard you fucking say some bullshit, but, uh,
4: Yes, get closer to the microphone. You sound like you're across I've the heard,
7: room. I've heard you say some bullshit before, but I don't know. That's, that's pretty close to it. Sounds, uh, sounds you got pretty them. useless. You
4: got Try that. Hello? Yeah, that's a little... Mad. Like a child. A passenger who left his seat to pray in the back of a plane before it took off, ignoring flight attendant's order to return, was removed by an airport security guard in New York. Today, a witness in the airline said, the Orthodox Jewish man who wore a full beard, black hat, and long black coat stood before the uh, lavatories and began saying his prayers while the United Airlines jet was being boarded at JFK International Airport fellow passengers um, according to a fellow passenger Ori Broffman, who was sitting like four seats away uh, told us when flight attendants urged the guy who was carrying a religious book to take his seat he ignored them uh, This, according to this Broffman, two friends who were seated explained to the attendant that the guy couldn't stop until his prayers were over which would be in about two minutes he didn't respond, but his friends explained that once you start praying, you can't stop, said Brofman, uh, who was seated three rows away. When the men finally stopped praying, he explained that he couldn't interrupt his religious ritual. He wasn't trying to be rude, but the attendant summoned a guard to remove him anyway, even though it was all over. <laughs> the plane, uh, which was Flight 9 to San Francisco, took off without the guy. It landed at its destination as scheduled. Uh, Robin Urbanski, a spokeswoman for United Airlines, um, confirmed that the guy was taken off the plane and put on another flight uh, this morning. Urbanski said flights cannot depart if all passengers are not in their seats because it risks a delay, and it's important that passengers listen to the instructions of the crew. That's what it's all about. They're, they're worried sick that there's going to be an emergency and they're going to start bossing people around, and we don't like have enough respect for them. So to in in, in order to demonstrate Their power, they they take some fucking... Man, what's going on over there?
3: I don't
4: know. Are you talking into the microphone? Let me talking into the microphone. No, you got to turn backwards. Turn it around. Talk into the other side. I think that's the problem. Is that the problem? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing you're the engineer. That explains a lot about what's going on around here.
7: Yeah, I know. Too many magic balloons, man. Too many magic
4: balloons. (laughs) What the fuck does that even mean? What's a magic balloon?
7: Magic balloons. You ever know, had a magic balloon before? You fill up a fucking balloon. Never with, even heard of that. With nitrous
4: oxide and. Oh my god! <sighs> you know what? I never did any drug that came from a commercial supermarket product. <sighs> and then everything's like whoa, 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 whoa. whoa the closest whoa, thing whoa. I did was um, when I was a kid. One time, I tried smearing Colgate on a. Um, Marlboro, because oh. that was a rumor. There was also something going on about like aspirins and Coke. Yeah. Which, by the way, is true, because they're both alkaloids, and they do cause a sense of euphoria. I mean, you know, you drink enough Coke, I guess, you get a little buzz. But there was a bunch of these rumors going around about, yeah, smoking banana, dried up banana peels can get you wasted. Yeah, you're going to put toothpaste on they it, did a, they did a, it. They did a, no, I never heard the toothpaste uh, on heard, the banana. Somebody told me the That's, toothpaste f- Isn't thing. that funny? I
7: heard just drying it out one time, but then somebody told me the toothpaste on the fuck she, I was like, I don't know about that shit, dude. I'm no, not when I was a that. kid,
4: it was the toothpaste on the Marlboro. It had to be the Marlboro. It had a certain chemical reaction. Or it was the banana peel, and there was actually a song about the banana peel. Called Mellow Yellow by Donovan. Uh huh. Electrical banana is gonna be a sudden craze. You remember that song? No. They call it Mellow Yellow. I remember that quite rightly. Hey, it's like talking to like a a, 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 a fetus. Fuck you, man. I never.
7: I didn't know what the fuck the song was until you started singing it.
4: Did you know it after that? Yeah. Oh, okay. A renegade group. See, that's the one thing I can always count on you is you've never never forgotten a a song. If you've ever been exposed to a song, which I know you've been exposed to a lot of good music on account of your father.
5: Yeah.
4: So it was your father, by the way, who I bumped into on the street, you may recall, in front of the vet one day, which was down the block from his office, Yeah. who suggested I take you to that Bob Seger concert.
7: Yeah. When you went to that, that was some fun,
4: right? I was there. like, why the fuck would he want to go to a Bob Seeger concert? Has he ever heard of him? He said, You know every fucking word to every Bob Seeger tune.
7: Just about. I don't know
4: all of them, but I know damn
7: near. I believe you did know
4: it. damn near most of them. A renegade group of Gibraltar's Barbary apes, this is in Spain, okay? You know, the Gibraltar, um, has annoyed the residents there so much that authorities announced plans today to kill them all. A, a cluster of 25 barbary apes, a species of monkey usually weighing about 15 to 25 pounds, moved to a popular beachside area a bunch of, uh, some months ago where they've just been stealing food, entering rooms through open windows, and harassing all the tourists. The territory's tourism minister, Ernest Brito, has decided to kill the beach dwelling group. I can confirm that tourism minister Brito has decided to issue a license for a cull Said Cantos, this guy is the uh, government spokeswoman, Uh, men, men. Uh, The decision was not taken lightly. It's a last resort. The newspaper said two monkeys have already been captured and given lethal injections. What a way to go. They strap him down. I guess they give him one last banana. What do you I know, do with
7: them? I don't think that, I don't think they even do that, dude. They're probably too fucked up to do that. Come on, man. Got to
4: give them one last banana for I crying doubt out loud, it, dude. Poor little monkey.
7: Yeah, I know. Why don't you just <laughs> fucking give it to somebody, dude?
4: The pack, part of the territory's population of around 200, invaded a sandy beach area called Catalan Bay, where they have remained because they were able to rummage for food around there.
7: It's not hard. You can find food anywhere.
4: Trying to figure out what the fuck is making all that rumbling noise, you know what it is? What? It's Ursa chewing on a fucking bone on top of my mic stand. You dumb dog. It's the Jester Mud. Although she's not a mud anymore, is she?
7: No, she's not. She's, the she's Bob the engineer doggy. has
4: discovered exactly what she is. She's a Carolina dog, otherwise known as an American dingo. Yes, the American this watch explains crazy, why
7: watches the great American dingo. This
4: explains why last week that woman was outside screaming the baby that the dingo ate my ate me baby.
7: <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. Brito
4: said that uh, he determined that the monkeys posed a danger to public health. The animals mainly inhabit the high ground of Gibraltar, a British colony off of Spain's southern tip. The British army, which is responsible for their care, has in the past often Had to replenish Gibraltar's population with monkeys from Africa. They had to ship them in. They had to restock them. Barbary apes also live in Morocco and North Algeria. I don't know. I don't know why we need this animal if they're pestering humans. Shoo. Shoo. I'm not one of these people who thinks we need to save every species. Uh, You know, according to fucking scientists, 99.9% of all species that have ever existed are already extinct. There is no such thing as a permanent species. It's ridiculous. Animal species come and go. We're not all different things. We're all part of one big thing. We're a system. So we think of ourselves as being like, you know, the human king on this kingdom of animals and Noah saved them all in the ark and we have to protect them, blah, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's crap. The animal species come and go just like we'll go. David Hasselhoff has agreed to pay twenty-five thousand bucks a month to support his ex-wife and kids. Oh. And that makes Mike shit look like nothing. Yeah, I know, Court right? Court documents released today show the former Baywatch Star divorce settlement calls for him to pay twenty-one grand a month to his ex-wife Pamela Bach and another four grand to support their daughters, seventeen-year-old Taylor and fifteen-year-old Haley. Hasselhoff and Bach have joint custody of the kids. The couple also agreed. To joint ownership of their San Fernando, Valley, uh, San Fernando Valley home. How the fuck does a divorced couple keep the same house?
7: I don't know. I just don't and know. And they're going to
4: divide the family cars, bank accounts, and uh, his uh, pension from his acting and directing guilds. You know, every time these guys get a job, they pay a little something towards the acting guild uh, or directing guild, which goes towards their retirement you know, pension when they can no longer act. And she now gets fucking half of all that shit. Man, I just don't fucking get it, man. I don't get it. Why do we enter into this agreement with the government when if we just leave the government out of it, then when you break up with somebody, everybody takes their own shit and moves on. Why, does, why do women have this special deal going where if they got used to living a certain way, they're entitled to that for the rest of their fucking life? Yeah, I know. Life. They
7: want to act like they're all independent and shit, and then when you pull the fucking carpet out from under them, dude, they don't know what the fuck to do. So they come screaming and crying to mommy and daddy, as you so many times have said that many people well, you know, refer the to the government
4: is, as. You know, the truth is... You're absolutely right. They do fucking cry a lot about independence, but the funny thing is, they always act like getting the alimony and child support is all about the independence. Yeah, and then <laughs> they and think then, that's part of the formula.
7: Yeah, and then the bitch leaves you and takes half. So fuck her, dude. Fuck her. Yeah. I well, want to you know, be independent.
4: I tell you though, try I, it. Fucking try. I'm gonna it, bitch. meet somebody nice, and I'm just gonna give her half my shit. It's Jibber Jabber well, it's Night on Jester Radio this Thursday, April the seventh. Why not stop seventeenth? Why not stop by the Jester Radio chat room, hanging with uh, Louie and um, hanging behind the glass with Bob, the engineer, this evening. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air. Got something to say? Get it off your chest. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred or Skype into Jester Radio. That's our Skype name. More of Jibber Jabber Night. On J.R., these next uh, this next pair is not uh, exactly gibber. It's uh, it's a foreign language actually, but it may as well be gibber to you and I who don't speak the language. Especially this first one, which is Gaelic. How many people raise your hand speak Gaelic? <laughs> then, if you do, write it and tell us what "shoo shoo shula shularrackshack shula babaku." When I saw my Sally babby Beal come bibble in the bushy lorry, means I know lorry means truck. What a bushai lorry is! I don't know. It's uh, P-P-N-M on J R. Leave a where it is. Shula <laughs>
2: rakshak, shula
9: <laughs> babaku. When I saw my Sally, baby. Saw my Sally, baby, Bill humble in the bush. I lorry here. I sit on Buttermilk Hill. Who could blame me? Cry my fill. Every tear would turn a mill. Johnny's gone for a soul. babaku. When I saw my Sally baby Beal Come in the bush I lorry I sold my flax I sold my wheel To buy my love a sword of steel so it in battle he might wield johnny's gone for a soldier oh my baby oh my love gone the rainbow gone the dove your father was my only love johnny's gone for a soldier Shula rakshak, shula babaku. When I saw my Sally, baby, Bill come bibble in the bushy lorry. Shul, shul, shula roo, shula rakshak, shula babaku. When I saw my Sally, baby.
0: I'm alive
4: I think uh, everybody walked around saying that for about a year, and nobody had any, it was like printed on t-shirts for a while, but nobody had any idea what it meant, and then like when we found out, like, everybody thought it meant something like, do you want to suck my dick, or... But it turned out to be, do you want to sleep with me? And then I guess we just stopped saying it. Uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary before that, Gone the Rainbow. Here I sit on Buttermilk Hill. Who can blame me? Cry, my fill. Every tear would turn a mill. Johnny's gone for a soldier. Brutal uh, lyric uh, that goes back to an ancient uh, Gaelic lullaby. Thus the uh, Gaelic portion that goes shoo um, shoo shoolaroo which I believe means hush 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 my child uh, and this is from an interpretation I got from some Irish guy like 20 years ago I quickly hit him with the lyric and he gave me that I didn't jot it down but the lyric is shoo shoo shoolaroo roo shula shack, shula, rakshak, shula babaku, when I saw my sally babby Beal come bibble in the bushai lorry and then uh, she sings this heart wrenching song about how uh, the child's father has gone for a soldier, and you know, they're just the two of them stuck together alone. Jimmy Carter held another meeting with officials from the Islamic militant group Hamas today, arguing it's necessary to talk to all parties and to achieve peace. Between the Palestinians and Israel. The former US president said he urged Hamas leaders from the Gaza Strip to stop militants from firing rockets into southern Israel. The Cairo meeting came a day after Carter talked with Hamas uh, in the West Bank, further arguing Israelis, uh, rather, angering the Israelis uh, when he uh, embraced one of the Arabs. So, this is a guy, I gotta tell you, balls of brass. Um, I'm not one of these people who stand on tradition. I don't like it to see people, you know, getting credence uh, where they don't deserve it. You know, I hate to, you know, see pictures of leaders hugging, uh, you know, scumbags. But the truth is, he's not a leader. He's just a goodwill, you know, ambassador. And he's really milking that. You know, he has no um, uh, real uh, agenda. Uh, or hidden goal other than to really bring peace. I really believe in his heart. He believes in his sort of Christian mentality that to embrace the enemy and to, you know, sort of somebody's got to do it kind of attitude because the truth is they're not going to get anywhere by not talking. Everybody stands with their back to each other with their arms crossed saying, I don't acknowledge you. Because you offend me so badly. You did this, you know, and you did that, and this terrible thing. And while they're in the middle of saying it, the other guy does some more shit that pisses them off. And they never catch up. And then they're always saying that everything they're doing is because some of the last shit the other guy did. And they, you know, just can't get off the rock. Uh, making what he calls a private peace mission. Carter was scheduled to be in Syria on uh, Friday for talks with the Hamas's exiled p- political chief. Khaled Mashal and the Syrian president Bashar Assad Carter's meetings with the Hamas which Washington lists as a terrorist group have drawn sharp criticism from Israelis, U.S. officials and some of Carter's fellow Democrats including presidential candidate Barack Obama Carter again strongly defended his efforts and you know in my opinion I think a lot of them secretly are thinking go Jimmy you little peanut motherfucker because they could never publicly say, no, he should never shake hands with, uh, you know, Hamas. But they're thinking, you know, man, somebody's got to get these fucking people off the stick with this shit. Carter again strongly defended his efforts to reach out to Hamas, which won Palestinian parliament elections in 06. You can't have an agreement. That must involve certain parties unless you talk to the parties and conclude the agreement. He said in a speech to the American University in Cairo, you have to involve Hamas. They have to be involved in some way. I mean, duh. You really can't disagree with what he's saying. He's really not saying he agrees with them. He's really not saying anything about whether they're terrorists or not. He's just saying we have to talk to them. Someone's got to fucking talk to them. They won the government. For their people, Carter said he told the Hamas leaders from the Gaza that they should stop rocket attacks on Israel, which have prompted deadly Israeli military assaults on the crowded Mediterranean coastal uh, territory. And he, quote, killings of civilians is an act of terrorism, he said. There you go. So he's not denying that anybody who kills civilians, plain and simple, it's an act of terrorism. Absolutely. He said that during his visit to Israel, The first stop on his trip, he saw rockets that had been fired by Hamas and met with people who have lost loved ones. At the same time, if you live in Gaza, you know that for every Israeli killed in any kind of combat, between 30 and 40 Palestinians are killed because of the extreme military capacity of Israel. Again, duh. He criticized Israeli's blockade of Gaza, which has left the territory short of fuel and consumer goods. He called it an atrocity, which it is. To, to cut off a, a people's lifeline, man, you just don't fuck with that. You know, you get into a fight with somebody, you know, you stop short of holding your hand over their mouth and nose so they can't breathe. You punch them as hard as you can, but you don't kill them. And that's what, you know, these embargoes are. They kill people. Carter's hour-long meeting with the Hamas delegation at a Cairo hotel was closed to journalists and held under heavy guard security after the American talked with the Egyptian president, Hosni Mubarak. You know what I say? Thank goodness there's somebody they're fucking talking to. If it's a peanut farmer from Georgia, thank goodness it's somebody. Because if they weren't talking, we'd have to carpet bomb them. Democrat Senator Barack Obama dismissively talked about his debate with Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton and the line of questioning from ABC News moderators arguing that it focused on political trivia and the uh, at the expense of the problems facing average voters. Unfortunately, he got really stomped by these really aggressive questions about uh, Reverend Wright and the shit that he said the other day that's pissing everybody off. Really didn't get a lot to uh, what's your policy on this and that. And in, in that point, he's absolutely correct. They stomped him. But on the other hand, you know uh, the press is the fourth estate they're the ones they're our eyes and ears if they don't shove their fucking noses up these people's asses on our behalf so how else are we going to know how they you know stand up to this type of if he you know laughed it off and took it in stride then we'd know you know what kind of fellow he is if he's whining about it afterwards that the press made him look bad then he sounds like nixon at a rally in the May 6 primary state of North Carolina, Obama drew roars of approval today when he mocked aspects of the presidential debate that had him on the defensive last night. He faced tough questions about his controversial uh, controversial pastor, uh, his comments about the bitter voters in small towns clinging to their shit, and his relationship with a 1960s radical. Deadpanning the Illinois senator said, "It does not get much more fun than these debates." They are inspiring events. In criticism of his rival, he called the debate the rollout of the Republican campaign against me in November and said it represented textbook Washington politics that uh, Clinton was comfortable playing. They like stirring up controversy. They like playing gotcha games, getting us to attack each other, he said. Senator Clinton looked looked in her element. She was taking every opportunity to get a dig in there. That's her right. kind of twist the knife a little, but that's the lesson she learned when the Republicans did it to her in the 1990s. Well, well well said. Um, Nothing about that I disagree with. The Obama campaign also sought to capitalize, but the question is do we want somebody uh, in office who's got ice in their veins? Or do we want somebody that's, you know, uncomfortable uh, with the whole process and, you know, comes out whining, you know, like a pussy? Or does it make him Uh, because he's uncomfortable with the process, really the better choice. Because, you know, uh, we really haven't had a guy who's uncomfortable with the process of being a bullshit artist. And if that means he's more of an honest guy and more, you know, ethical person, uh, and he's less comfortable with these, uh, you know, backroom deals and smoke-filled rooms and less comfortable with sticking a knife into people's gizzard... And maybe he's the better choice. The Obama campaign also sought to capitalize on the debate, uh, sending out a fundraising appeal entitled Gotcha and solicited $25 donations. Last night, I think we set a new record because it took us 45 minutes before we even started talking about a single issue that matters to the American people, Obama told the North Carolina crowd. 45 minutes before we heard about health care. 45 minutes before we heard about Iraq. 45 minutes before we heard about jobs. 45 minutes before we heard about gas prices. Again, when he goes into this kind of sing-songy, you know, I wish I could sit down and have a talk with this boy. Because when he starts launching into, like, the Martin Luther King-style Southern Baptist minister ranting, you know, where, like, he's being uh, illiterate, and being uh, sing-songy and rhymey, that's a real fucking turn-off for me. Because guys use that technique to kind of put you in a... in a kind of stupor. They do that. They take on that intonation because they know it's sort of like a a kind of music. And those tones kind of get you into like a... boing. you you, You know those cartoons where your eyes turn into pinwheels and shit? That's what that thing is all about. And I don't like people who talk like that. I like people who talk like you and I talk. ABC News, Charles Gibson uh, and George Stephanopoulos pointedly questioned Obama and Clinton politely challenged a rival. When you're running for the presidency, you've just got to kind of let it, Obama said, uh, pretending to flick lint off his pants and jacket. So he's sort of Uh, acting like, you know, he's Mr. Cool. Another debate between the two candidates seems unlikely. Obama also agreed to a debate in North Carolina on Saturday. Clinton has agreed uh, to a debate April 27th in Raleigh, sponsored by um, CBS News. And the two camps have not agreed on a date. I'll be honest with you, we've had now 21, Obama said, of the debates. It's not as if we don't know uh, how to do these things. I could deliver Senator Clinton's lines. I'm sure she could do mine. Later, taking a question from a fourth-grade boy who said that he'd been elected the class representative at school, Obama said, "How many debates did you have?" And the kid said, "None." And Obama said, "None. That sounds good." You see, on the other hand, he seems like a decent guy, pretty unaffected, um, you know, by the Washington machine, at least uh, so far. And if he's envious of the kid because he didn't have to go through any debates, then you know that's pretty cool. Hey, you're listening to the rovings of Acclaim this Thursday, April the 17th, the year of our Lord. This uh, little bit of gibberish goes uh, back to uh, before you were around. Screaming J on on.
6: I put a spell on you because of my.
1: Yes indeed, but you don't know what you do to me
6: Chika 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 on the bum bum the Hey, kai babalu lu 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 I
4: guy, yeah, uh, the king of Voot, Slim Gaylord. There's a, a whole radio station devoted to him. Uh, I think it's called Voot Radio, where they just play Slim Gaylord. It's just the most awesome thing he invented. What the story was, how it started was he just, he, he, was this great jazz musician that smoked massive quantities of marijuana. And whenever somebody would like introduce him and say, Hey, like, you know, uh, this is, uh, Steve, he'd go, Hey, Steve Aruni. <laughs> Hey Steve Arino, and even to this day, we have these nicknames Aruni Arena. They're all they all go back to this guy Slim Gaylord, who invented this whole thing back in the '30s, back before the uh, consumption laws and the marijuana laws. And uh, he was one funny dude. He has another great tune called Matzo Ball, where it's just like all uh, Jewish words mixed, because <laughs> he grew up in New York City. You know, he was, grew up in Harlem, but he had a lot of Jewish friends. You know, so he knew all the Jewish words, especially jazz musicians. There was a lot of Jewish kids in that. Uh, Before that, we heard from the Marcel's bomb, pa ba bom pa bom pa bom pa bom pa ba bom pa ba bom pa danga dang dang did the ding a dong ding blue moon the uh, newly remixed stereo version the crystals to do run 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 to do run run uh, you're listening to the roving's of a on jester radio this thursday april the 17th oh no what well, that wasn't before that we had little richard sorry we got that all backwards little richard before that did bomb 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 what 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 is it bomb 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 tooty fruity shit my mind is turning to mush bomb 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 and Screaming Jay Hawkins put a, I put a spell on you. And there's uh, all lyrics in that, but he does do a lot of emoting of uh, a kind of guttural way, hence the name. Uh, You're tuned into the roofings of a claim. A suicide bomber struck the funeral of two Sunni tribesmen who joined forces against al-Qaeda in Iraq, killing at least 50 people today and reinforcing fears that insurgents are hitting back after the American-led crackdowns. The sudden spike in bloodshed this week adds to the other worries now piling up in Iraq, violent rivalries among Shiites and persistent cracks in the Iraqi security forces. Violence across the country has declined since seven months ago, including dramatic suicide bombings like today's funeral attack. American officials credit the change to the U.S. troop buildup at the rise of the Sunni tribal groups known as Awakening Councils that have turned against al-Qaeda-linked militants. A truce called last year by anti-US Shiite cleric Muqtada al-Sadr also helped, but the new bloodshed highlights how fragile these pitsy gains are. Today's attack happened in the town of Albu Muhammad, about 90 miles north of Baghdad. A suicide bomber dressed in traditional Arab robes passed unsearched by guards into a tent of mourners. The occasion was a funeral for two brothers who belonged to the local Awakening Council and who were killed in an attack uh, the day before. So their parents were there grieving that their children were killed by an attack, and then these guys came in and killed the rest of them all. Fifty people um, at least were killed, wounding dozens more. Um, So... It's uh, um, hard to uh, have to admit, but uh, you know this cocksucker Saddam Hussein uh, had a brutal regime, largely because these are a brutal fucking people, and this is the way they're. they're it's natural to you know the, the the kind of government that forms around such a people is a brutal dictatorship. So that seems to be pretty much what they're um, uh, you know equipped to handle. They have these millennia-old uh, feuds going on between these tribes. All you gotta do is say the word Sunni in front of a Shiite, and it's like, you know, uh, remember that old Abbott and Costello routine? If you said like Niagara Falls, the guy would go ape shit. Slowly I turn, step by step. That's what it's like for them. They have this like tick when you say the name of the enemy because they they're taught from a very young age, it's in all their books. That these people are bad because the, the the feud has been going on for thousands of years. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, after urging bishops, priests, and para- parishioners to heal the wounds caused by the clergy sex abuse scandal, talked and prayed privately with survivors today in what was believed to be the first ever meeting between a pontiff and abuse victims. So this is that we reported on this earlier. This is um, the first time ever that a pope has ever met with. Uh, the people who were victims of um, the uh, priests that boned them up the ass, and I wanted to take a moment to discuss the Pope's visit in the United States. I've been joking a lot about it the past couple of days. Um, I find it particularly offensive the kind of deference that the press gives him. Um, you know, to me, he's a fucking clown. He's a he's a you know he's a king of of a of a fairyland. It's as if a guy were walking around claiming he's the king of Never Neverland. Uh, and I would, you know, maybe have him on the Today Show or something, but I don't think I would kiss his fucking hem. So it just blows my mind that here's this guy. You know, it specifically says in the Bible, and if you want to uh, believe in the Bible, then by all means, you should read it. Like, I as I have done from cover to cover many, many times, um, you really should, if you're gonna make believe that you're doing this because the Bible tells you so. Because the Bible specifically says, uh, the at least the, the, uh, Bible of the, of the Jewish Christian tradition, uh, the, to the, the traditional Torah and the New Testament specifically say that there is no intermediary to God. That, um, you're, um, communion with God is a strictly one-on-one personal thing. You don't need an intermediary. Some religions very specifically teach that you do need an intermediary to intervene on your behalf. The average Joe can't petition God directly, but you can. You could speak to God directly and he listens to each and every, every grain of sand is numbered. He's totally aware of what's going on with everybody. He doesn't need a, like a, a electoral college where everybody tells one guy and then that one guy goes and tells God. It doesn't work that way. So, But Catholicism is this kind of wacky cult version of Christianity where they sort of ignore the thou shalt have no other gods before me part of the Bible and they uh, actually claim that this guy, this pope – is in a state of constant piety. He's chosen by God somehow through this council, through this powwow that they conduct. Uh, the, the actual process of which is completely unknown. For all we know, they throw darts at a dartboard. Um, and they conclude that God has commanded them. No, they, they meditate apparently and they, he, and it hits them boing and God tells them who to make the next pope. And that guy is for his, the rest of his life, uh, elevated above men. And he's an intermediary between uh, people and God. You could still talk directly to God, but he talks even more closely. So when he tells you what God is talking about, he knows it better than you do. And as a result, because God speaks directly to him and he's in a constant state of piety, you have to kiss his ass, kiss his ring, literally. And he holds out the ring. Dangles the ring there for you to kiss. It's not like he's even shy about it. It is the most fucking revolting, disgusting thing in the world. Higher unemployment claims and weak readings from two economic indices reinforced recession worries today. The Labor Department said today that applications for unemployment benefits rose to 372,000, an increase of 17,000 from the previous week. Separately, the New York-based conference board's gauge of future economic activity rose 0.1% for March, reversing five months of decline, 0.1%. But the private business group's indicator has shown a 3.3% annual rate of decline since March of '07. That's the kind of result that whenever we've seen it in the past, the U.S. economy has been heading into a recession. Michael Gregory, senior economist for BMO Nesbitt Burns, a Toronto investment bank, recession signal here is clear and unequivocal. Stocks dropped following a rally yesterday in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, down 30.78 or 0.24% to 12,588. In afternoon trading, S&P's 500 index slipped 5.41%, or about 40% to 1,359.30, and the NASDAQ composite index fell 18.8 or about 8.8%. So uh, the economy is in the fucking toilet, and let me tell you something: to a Jewish kid sitting home in 1966 on the South Shore of Long Island, and uh, I, on a Sunday night, and turning on Ed Sullivan and seeing this this thing happen—a a bunch of nuns sitting around, speak, singing French. Let me tell you, nothing, nothing could be more closer to the absolute definition of jibber-jabber. Right here, it's Jibber-Jabber Night on jest Radio and the singing
10: Dominique, note.
11: À l'époque où Jean Santerre d'Angleterre était le roi Dominique, notre père, combattit les albigeois Dominique ni kanique s'en allait, tout simplement, gouttier, pauvre et chantant.
10: En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.
11: Certains jours, un hérétique par des ronces le conduit, mais notre père Dominique par sa joie le convertit. Dominique, et kenique, s'en allait, tout simplement. Gouthier,
10: pauvre et chant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du
11: bon Dieu. Ni chameau ni diligence, il parcourt l'Europe à pied. Scandinavie ou Provence, dans la sainte pauvreté. Dominique, Nick, Nick, ni, s'en allait tout simplement routier, pauvre et chantant. En
10: tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.
11: Enflamma de toute école Fils et garçons pleins d'ardeur Et pour semer la parole Inventa les frères prêcheurs Dominique et les caniques S'en allaient tout simplement Routiers, pauvres
10: et chantants En tout chemin, en tout lieu Ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu Ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu
11: Chez Dominique et ses frères Le pain s'en vint à manquer Et deux anges se présentèrent Portant de grands pains dorés Dominique, nique, nique, s'en
10: allait tout simplement Routier, pauvre et
11: chantant En tout chemin, en tout lieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu Dominique vit en rêve les prêcheurs du monde entier Sous le manteau de la Vierge en grand nombre rassemblés Dominique, nique, nique, s'en allait tout simplement Routier, pauvre et chantant En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Dominique, mon bon père, regarde-nous simples et gai, pour annoncer à nos frères la vie et la vérité. Dominique, et nique, et nique, s'en allait tout simplement,
10: routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.
3: Blue moon, you saw me standing Blue without a dream in my dang 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 it, dang dang it on the blue moon. You knew just what I was there for. You heard me saying a prayer for someone I really care for. And then suddenly. Everybody Bom ba dang dang ba for boom. Oh
2: oh oh
3: oh Bomb bomb oh bomb, oh bomb oh 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 dredred pam ba bam Bomb! bam Bomb! for ba dang ba ding ba ding
4: Groups that never were. Steam on Jester Radio. Just a couple of buds from uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. The piano player, by the way, a capable little guy. Um, the uh, Paulika was um, also produced uh, years later the, that uh, Lemon Pipers turned uh, Green Tambourine. And he also produced uh, Walk Away Renee by the left bank. So he became a producer. And then when they, you know, they were just fucking around for a couple of years and they just did this song. The song was like nine or 10 years old at the time, but they used to do this like when they were out at the diner and they would just uh, do it an a cappella and, and all that cool hand clapping and they recorded it and had a huge hit and they wanted them to tour and there was no fucking band. So they had to get a bunch of uh, guys together, Mike Daniels and Hank Shores and, uh, none of these people who were really, except for the this guy, Gary DeCarlo, who's writing all this stuff, uh, there was none of the... Um, and all those guys went on to, you know, work with uh, Harry, you know, they all worked with everybody, Harry Chapin and Gloria Gaynor and REO Speedwagon, all those guys sort of fanned out. None of them fell off, uh, like you see sometimes with these one, you know, hit wonders. They did actually near chart. They got a top 41 they they just missed with in the year later in 1970 with the um, with that tune uh, I've got to make you love me I'm sure you never heard it in 1970 not a lot of people were even paying attention you know it was right on the heels of the White Album and that sort of froze music and time uh, for a lot of us as far as I'm concerned anything that's come after the White Album is new and uh, I haven't really gotten around to it yet I may have listened but not really. Like I'm still listening to the stuff before the White Album. You're listening to the ravings. Speaking of listening, listening to the ravings of a clown uh, on Jester Radio this Thursday, April the seventeenth. Me, moi, why? I'm your humble host, the Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. Ken, Gr- Ken Griggs finally brought the right dog home, so I'm going to need you to get out a pencil, piece of paper, uh, some graph paper, preferably a, a compass and one of those French curves and uh, templates because you're going to need to jot all this down. So you remember, we've been reporting on this for the past couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, um, a guy from Lake Oswego, Oregon, claimed that the boarding kennel returned the wrong dog to him after the spring break, and him and his family um, were, like, freaking out. Uh, because they had the wrong dog, it looked exactly like the dog, but it wasn't the dog. So then, and they knew it. So they brought the dog right back, and because the dog wouldn't heal, um, it, it normally is best friends with the cat, and the cat was like hissing at him. So it wasn't, definitely wasn't. So they returned it to the kennel, um, and this woman, Allison Best, and again, I need you to jot this down now. So so far, we have Griggs who are the family that own the dog, Callie, the dog. And we have now a new person, Allison Best. She's the woman who owns this kennel. And um, she, you know, like investigated supposedly how this could have happened. Uh, apparently there were two black Labradors stored in the same crate. So obviously we know how it happened. It doesn't take a fucking monk, Adrian Monk, to figure out what happened here. Uh, they gave the wrong black lab. They don't keep markers on do- on the dogs. They claim that it's dangerous to have a collar on the dog. Now, this other woman who owns the other dog that was in the cage is from Sherwood, Oregon. Her name, the dog's name is Dixie. And she told this woman, Best, who owns the kennel, that her dog has gone undergone a personality change. But she insists it's the same exact dog. She knows for a fact it's the same dog. But she complains, something you guys did in there. My dog is acting very strange. <laughs> but she won't admit it may be not her dog. Now, this is where it starts spiraling. The Griggs, these are the people that brought home the wrong dog, not Callie, but Dixie. They bring the dog back right away, as I mentioned. They come back a couple of days later to meet this other woman and her dog, Dixie. And lo and behold, this dog runs out to the car. They go, oh, my God, it's, and they think it's Callie. They get in the car. They drive off. Lo and behold, they got the same dog, Dixie. They actually arrived before the other person did, and they twice mistook their dog. And meanwhile, the other woman's insisting, that's it. If these people don't know who their dog is, I definitely know who my dog is. Fuck them. I'm not. Going th- But these people were sure, again, for the second time after they got the dog home, and the cat apparently kept hissing at the dog, that it was definitely not the dog. So they took the dog to the vet, and the vet x-rayed the dog and found that it was missing all these metal things inside that he himself had put in there. Uh, surgical marks and uh, some staples and some other metal shit. The dog didn't have it. It wasn't the dog. It's like dental records for the dog. So now it's finally resolved um the this woman Best Allison Best who runs the kennel uh she's examined both dogs she realizes which is Callie and she got it back from this woman and uh she traded off with Dixie um and uh, the real Callie is now returned home the real Dixie is now in her home so i guess her personality is back to normal uh and the kids are happy and relieved to get things back to normal and this woman best is still very bitter about this whole ordeal she told the newspaper uh, she had no comment uh, other than to say we tried to do everything we could and it's unfortunate we had two customers who couldn't identify their own fucking dogs (laughs) and i'm sure to her it must seem that way but of course when i take my dog To a kennel, I expect them to have a way of uniquely identifying my dog from other similarly looking dogs. And uh, I would be similarly outraged if they gave me back uh, a similar looking but different dog than the one I brought. A mother has given birth. By the way, how many times has this happened over time when people don't realize it, when two people don't realize it? They both just think they've undergone the personality disorder change. And meanwhile, the dogs are looking around like, what the fuck? What the hell is going on here? A mother has given birth to a rare set of quadruplets in which three of the four boys are identical. The boys were born 11 weeks premature. How can you tell when they're right away born? How can you tell if they're identical? Do you get the DNA right away? There are fewer than 100 documented cases of identical triplets plus one in the U.S. Two embryos were implanted into the mother, Both were fertilized. Hospital spokesman, Michael Schwartzberg, said one of them split and then split again, creating the identical triplet. So this is why you have, uh, um, this is what happens when you do this um, artificial insemination. It, like, really increases the strength of these uh, eggs. Hey, you're on the phone with uh, the jester.
5: Hey, speaking about babies, I got an idea for a uh, reality show. Go ahead. I just want this on record so that we know on this date I came up with this. All right, well. It's uh, called Deathbed. It's a reality show about dying people. It's called what? Deathbed.
4: Deathbed, okay, yeah, that's attractive.
5: Just a bunch of dying people. And then in two years, you can have Celebrity Deathbed. (laughs) (laughs) And all these celebrities that you forgot, you can watch them die.
4: Like a fish? Is it? <laughs>
5: for some reason, he'll never die.
4: <laughs> uh, that's a brilliant idea. Well, of course, you know, I was in the marketing business for 24 years, as you recall, and it was sort of like an industry joke where at the end of the pitch, if it wasn't going so well, you could just sort of like slip your finger into your collar, you know, and gulp, you know, and then, and, and then say something like, and... If it does well, you can make a travel version. (laughs) So I I hear what you're saying about the celebrity version. Almost anything is much better. Like, who the fuck wants to watch people dancing? But now they're like, you know, third-rate fucking, you know, actors. Uh, dancing, you know it You know there was a whole special on uh, PBS recently about faces and fame. Did you see that with John Cleese? Uh, yeah. About why was uh,
5: s- about five years ago,
4: right? Well, they've been rebroadcasting it lately. Yeah, I know. I know it was from five years ago. Uh huh. I'm not saying it was new. I'm uh, just-,
5: just saying I have it. It's not in my memory as well as it might be.
4: Well, there was one episode about fame and why people become famous and why we like lavish all this crazy shit on people who are famous, even people who are famous for being famous. It's just uh, a real human survival thing. We all have to recognize like one face in the crowd. It gives us great comfort, you know, to see that great leader in the crowd. And that's what, that's what famous people are to us. They're leaders. And since well, we're, and then since we're uh, social animals, we need this, you know, alpha beta construct in society. We're, you know, very, very dependent on it. When we live I wouldn't
5: lived- say that they were leaders, I'd say they are more like archetypes. They're more like
4: vicarious. Well, things. you can't distinguish between that and your brain. they they are a focus of your affection. You want to look up to them because it's a social imperative that we have a hierarchical structure in our society it's part well, what of our do you mean, inst-
5: why, what do you mean look up to like look up to who Paris Hilton?
4: yes look up to Paris Hilton there are people out there who look up to Paris Hilton don't you didn't you know that why else is she famous you think everybody who looks at her in a negative way of course not she's famous well, because I mean
5: they, 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 I don't know if looking up is the correct word I
4: well, in your brain, there is no, you're using this subtle distinction because you resent thinking that because you like famous people that you're looking up to them. But in fact, it all goes back to the same thing. So whether it's that you're looking up to them or you have this other emotional response about recognizing somebody's face, it goes back to our ability to recognize people. Because it was important to know who was a schlub, a common schlub next to you, and who was a guy whose ass you had to kiss in order to be fed that night. So so that is why we recognize faces. And when faces we recognize more, we have this emotional response. And it's a survival thing. That's all I'm saying. Don't be, you know, so defensive about it. Uh,
5: I'm not being defensive. I'm just trying to figure out if you're full of shit or not.
4: Well, this is what I got out of it. And I'll tell you what else he said, which I've always found interesting. We're still living in the same bodies we were 140,000 years ago. We're cavemen. We're built as cavemen. And we're living in this very, you know, we, 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 our bodies have not evolved in response to the change of, uh, you know, social structure that we have now. So a lot of what we do is kind of lost um, and a lot of what we do naturally, we really don't sort of get because in the context of modern culture, it doesn't work that way. We nobody really looks up, you don't think of yourself as looking up to Paris Hilton, but in fact, that m- response you have to her face, or to or that some people have to her face, is the same as it but was, was on her
5: face as opposed to any person I meet.
4: Only because it's um, repeated for whatever reason, because it's attractive. And therefore, it's repeated. And then he went into a whole study about what an attractive face is. Yeah, symmetrical. Symmetrical, exactly. That the more symmetrical people's faces are, the better looking that people think they are. And when you got like a little, you know, thing hanging on the side, I guess I'm not sure what. But when there's not, it's not, it's not balanced. Then yeah, uh... it's disturbing. <laughs> Speaking of not balanced, I was watching Tommy Chong talk about, um, like, how he freaked out the first time he turned on um, that show that Cheech Marin was on with, with um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Don Johnson. With Don Johnson. And he said, man, he was, like, jowly and bald and fucking old. He said, man, I just freaked out. It was, like, the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> he said he couldn't fucking believe it, man. He was like, yeah. you know. You wonder, you know, like, is it just me? Or does this guy look fucking so totally different than Cheech and Chong? Meanwhile, Tommy Chong is uh, still going strong.
5: He's out of jail now.
4: But he's trying to get his record expunged. So he doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to, you know, smoke pot on TV like he usually does, you know. He doesn't want to, like, throw it in their faces until he gets his records completely expunged. He spent nine months... In prison, can you imagine for selling bongs on the internet?
5: Yeah, you think you reach a part of your career and your life where you're gonna start sailing smoothly.
4: Bill Mars said when well, the day he was arrested, Bill Mars said, We can fi- we can finally reset the the, the 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 danger level down to green. <laughs> Tommy Chong has been arrested. All right, thanks for calling in, Poe. Espo right, right, uh, on... Uh, deathbed, celebrity deathbed. Celebrity deathbed, yeah. We have to start out with deathbed, which, by the way, it's a home run, my friend. An it's absolute because it's very taboo. Come on, and plus you have the most um, horrible sides of people cropping up. People will say the sickest, most in, uh, incredible shit, you know, at the at the most inappropriate right. times.
5: But then again, death is such a hidden thing in our society that it's good to be able to deal with it, like, to actually have it thrown up in our faces until people actually know what to say at a funeral.
4: Or in, or even better, until we can, you know, deal with this death thing, you know, more in a, you know, sort of open and, you know, honest.
5: Yeah, exactly. Take it from its uptight thing right now into, you know, some natural, like, thing like childbirth.
4: Yeah, well, thanks very much, bud. I appreciate hey, that. Hey. Poe. Uh, call and, uh, and you can get yourself on live on uh, J.R. 646-502-8600 or Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. You've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown on uh, JR this uh, Thursday, April the 17th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Extra special thanks to Louie and Espo and uh, to all you folks uh, who tune in night after night. Um, and um, also a uh, special thanks to all those who hit that donate button uh, it sure does mean so much to us um, and uh, this is uh, you know my my best two hours of the day the, the time that I get to spend with you taking a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and um, sometimes you know what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine and I sure do appreciate uh, your being there for me um, every day, Please do stop by the Jest Radio website, visit the store, hit that donate button. Uh, we will meet in that place where darkness never comes. We've been doing uh, jibber-jabber songs all evening. Sometimes um, you just want to get together and sing, and the the words don't mean as much as the actual um, vocalization. Sometimes it's just fun to say blibbity-blue-blah-blah, blah. And, and sing it out loud, especially when you do it in an interesting, um, uh, funny, and um, uh, unpredictable way. And this evening we heard from uh, Barry Mann and the Etzels and the Crewcuts and Peter Paul uh, Mary, LaBelle and Screamin' Jay, Little Richard, Slim Gaylord, even the Singing Nun and the Marcells and Steam, uh, who all gibbered their way into our hearts uh, over the years. Um, it didn't start with do up. Uh, we've been doing it since we were in the caves, banging the bones, and grunting in rhythm, and vo- and vocalizing because um, it's just a beautiful thing to do. In his book, uh, the um, City and the Stars, Arthur C. Clarke wrote that a future generation uh, will be born without the need to speak because. Um, There's because we'll be all telepathic and he projected that nevertheless um, that our vocal cords will still uh, be preserved over the millennia because humans need to sing in order to survive, it's part of, it makes us uh, who we are and I tell you man, I believe that because I don't believe a day has gone by since the day I first said bibbidi babbidi booby that I haven't sang Uh, I don't know about you, but I I can't even imagine such a thing. It's such a um, crucial uh, part. And if it's not of yours, give it a shot. Because let me tell you, it's in so many ways, really the best thing you can do uh, for yourself during the day is to sing. And uh, even if it's just oobity-doobity, la-la-la, or to do -do, run-run. Good night, and I'll see you tomorrow.